Hello, welcome to Fear, the podcast. Uh, this is the mental health and personal growth-based podcast. We've been running a few weeks now, and we've had some interesting guests on so far. But today, I have a very, very special guest on uh, who I've been really excited to speak to. And this gentleman I've sort of mentioned a few times in some of my previous episodes. Um, his name, well, I say his name has come up. His parts of his story have come up, but every single time I mention him during in the middle of the flow of things, I can never remember his name. Um, but I caught one of his posts a little while ago on Instagram, uh, I think it's like last week. And so I reached out and asked, just commented, you know, I'd really like for you to come on the podcast and, you know, share your story with my listeners. And they've jumped at the chance to do so. So there's a chance it's not like it's a privilege to them. You know, I know obviously he likes to speak about his story. Um, you know, he is a, an advocate for mental health awareness and suicide prevention. He speaks at many, many events uh, about mental health issues and say suicide prevention and stuff. So um, obviously he likes to talk about it or share his story at least to help stop people from being in the same position he was in when he was 19 years old, when he attempted to take his own life. Now, the person I'm talking about, his name is Kevin Hines. Uh, his story is quite well known worldwide. Uh, he's an American-based gentleman who attempted to take his own life at 19 years old by jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge. And parts of his story, there's very, very little snippets of it that really sort of... Uh, sort of spoke with me and resonated with me. So it's something that I bring up quite frequently because I think it's really important to mention this, this detail. Uh, so anyway, very shortly, hopefully he will be joining me. Um, I had a little bit of an issue with the whole um, time difference thing. Um, as he's in America on Eastern time and obviously we're London GMT. Uh, my The initial time that I did the... Um, conversion it told me 10 15 a.m eastern time was going to be 2 15 in the afternoon here in england and as it turns out it's now eastern daylight time like our summer uh, savings time and it's an hour later so, so i was here an hour earlier recording this little intro uh, like a moron waiting for kevin to turn up and till i realized that it's a five hour difference and not a four hour difference currently at this time of year so hopefully very shortly he shall arrive we had a meeting arranged for uh uh 10 15 a.m eastern time so uh yeah we know it was about about one minute in and i'm sure say uh, there could be slight obviously um differences with the time and obviously with the device whatever you use so Anyway, hang tight. Um, please stay listening. I really, really think this story would be a great one to listen to. It's a great story to share. And I'm really proud to and honoured to be speaking with him. So very soon, as soon as he turns up, I shall welcome in Mr. Kevin Hines. Actually, sorry, I managed to get Kevin Hines now on, on the podcast. He's with me. He's joined the, the Zoom meeting. Uh, so good afternoon. Well, good, good morning for you still, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, nearly four o'clock in the afternoon for me. Um, now, as I said, I've, I've mentioned your, well, your parts of your story in my podcast multiple sort of times. Um, I think you won't have heard of obviously myself and what I do. My podcast is relatively 
new. Um, but I myself sort of come from, uh, as a kid, a lot of depression, but mindful of through bullying and things like that. Uh, and obviously I, I questioned um, taking my own life when I was younger, but it, obviously in a completely different fashion to, you know, to your story. But the, the bit about your story that um, always resonated with me is the moment that you, you like let go of your, the railings in your, and, and uh, your instant regret. Yeah. And for me, for me, that is that, that wonder of how many, how many people at that point in their life have got to a position where it's, it is too late and they have, they do regret it, but there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Do you know, like you, obviously your situation, there was nothing you could do about it at that point that you had that regret. Um, but you were fortunate enough to survive. Right. You know, it just made, makes me wonder, obviously if myself at that point, if I'd have taken that step too far, would I've, I have instantly regretted it, but there was nothing I could do. And the same for so many situations of people who sort of, you know, let go of the bridge or, uh, you know, take their life in any other way. If they end up in a position where they're at that point, they do regret it, but there's nothing they can do about it. Which leads me, leads me to obviously just having these conversations with people and, you know, opening up and showing that opening up is the, you know, the best way forward. Um, yeah, so as I've just completely jumped into this without any sort of real introductions and stuff, what is it um, your, obviously with your, your story, you started at your mental health battles, obviously at a young age as well. What was that mostly linked to? Do you, do you know? Sure. Well, both my birth parents, I'm adopted, but both my birth parents had manic depression, what we today call bipolar disorder the very same brain disease I would be diagnosed with at 17 and a half years of age. So yeah. two years prior to going to the Golden Gate Bridge and jumping off, uh, I was living with bipolar disorder, um, a severe form. And I was having hallucinations, auditory and visual telling me I had to die. Right. So it was, it was very much uh, a mental issue. Yeah. What, what were those, those visual stimuli then? What, like, was it like a, you say a hallucinations? What was it that you saw? I saw things like death himself hovering through my window Yeah, with his staff and blade in his right bony arm. He'd wow. reach out into the bony hand, turn it upside down. Yeah. And his eyes would light to fire and his scald faces. He would say, come home with me. Wow. Um, I would see giant metallic spiders crawling across my ceiling I would see miniature hotels in my room, just uh, complete psychosis. Yeah. What do you uh, think the the mini hotels were a symbol of? You know, I I, I can't say. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but there would always be like little miniature people yelling out of the windows um, in British tongue. Actually, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for but, us yeah. Brits. No, but it was, um, I just, uh, I dealt with all that. Um, and prior to my jump, I was hearing voices telling me I had to die. Yeah. I never, I never wanted to take my life. Yeah. I believed I had to. Yeah. Just those, are two, those are two categorically different things. Yeah. 
Yeah, see, like, I, I remember watching, I can't remember what documentary it was, but I saw that, um, the bit you spoke about, of being on the bus on the way to the bridge and like sort of thinking to yourself that, or saying to yourself that, or if somebody talks to me, I won't. So you're like, it's like giving yourself that ultimatum if like, you know, if somebody shows yeah. that they care that. It's it's very instinctual. People do it uh, who, people who, who are about to attempt suicide have an instinctual feeling. If one person says or does this, I will. Yeah. If one person says or does this, I won't die today. And mine was if one person says, are you okay? Is something wrong or can I help you? I would have told them everything and begged them to yeah. save me. Um, of course, on the bus, though, no one said anything. Uh, one guy said, what the hell's wrong with that kid? Um, that was it. Yeah. And we got to the Golden Bridge parking lot. And uh, I was in such a desperate place. I, I believed I had to die. So you say, obviously, somebody recognized that you were... That something was wrong were you like visibly agitated do you think or was it you know um well yeah no no people didn't recognize it um i was visibly agitated i was crying my eyes out right. i was yelling aloud at the voices in my head it was bad yeah um, but nobody said anything um you know that's not people's fault no one no one was taught suicide prevention techniques back then who is even today um but uh i think we need to become a world that asks our fellow human being how we're going you yeah. know and and doesn't stop with the first answer no. dig deeper dig deeper yeah you know make sure the person knows you actually care um you know let you know if you see someone emotionally stressed out don't hesitate to go up to them and say hey you don't look like you're doing too well yeah is there anything i can do to help yeah how are you doing today are you are you okay yeah you could have the transformative effect in in changing a life you know yeah yeah Whatever. so there's a lot of things say opening up asking the people that you know asking your friends, friends you haven't heard of, uh, heard from for a while. And especially say, say some of the ones that you know have struggled with something previously, you know. Um, and I, I try to make it a conscious effort with the people that I know, especially now, since I've started opening up about my history um, and have and talking to more people, I think felt it's, it's helped me to sort of have a better understanding of how I felt at the time, um, yeah. you know, so, and also answer some of the questions that I, for the reasons that I felt the way I did and speaking to people around me at the time who might have seen me struggle, but I didn't know that they'd noticed. But now that I talked to them, I see my perception was something completely different to what everybody else was seeing. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I wish I'd, I'd opened up when I was, you know, when I was younger and been honest about how I was feeling. Um, there was something I saw, I was watching earlier, uh, and you were saying about asking people if they've ever contemplated or are contemplating taking their own life. Do you think that'd be like a really, as much as it shouldn't matter, but a really difficult question to ask, like you might be insulting somebody or? It may be a difficult question to ask, but it's a necessary one. Yeah. Unless you ask, you won't know. 
Yeah. And you have to check on your strong friends too, the friends that don't show they're having a hard time. Yeah. And yeah. ask the, ask the direct ask three direct questions. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's going to put the thought in their mind. It's not. It's not already there. It's not going to put the thought in their mind. It's a myth. Ask the three direct questions. Are you thinking of killing yourself? Have you made plans to take your life? And do you have the means? Yeah. If all three of those answers are yes, you need to get that person to immediate safe safety. Yeah. You need to get them to a psychiatrist, psychologist, counselor, psych ward. Yeah. You keep them safe from themselves. Have you managed um, to ask that question to many people yourself now? I do actually, and, yeah. I, and I've and I've done it for for twenty years. Um, yeah. I've I've asked the direct question to people in pain, and often the answer is yes. And we 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 sit with them, and we my wife and I take our time, and we help them get to safety. Yeah, that doesn't it doesn't always mean they go to a psych ward. Sometimes it just means they need to talk to a friend. Yeah, get it off their chest. And then promise to be here tomorrow uh, and the next day. And we take it one day at a time. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're always about trying to make sure the person is physically safe from themselves. So on, on that, um, so you, the, the day that you decided to get on the bus to go to the bridge, was there one sort of specific moment or thing that led you to make that decision at that particular time? It wasn't. Um, something that led me to make that decision it was it wasn't so much a decision at all as it was a compulsion to take my life yeah I didn't, I didn't decide to die by suicide like one would decide to get a slice of pizza or one would decide to take a job yeah it was i was compelled by the voices in my head to attempt to take my life in a way that was all due to psych, psychotic behavior um and 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 uh and, you know, it, it wasn't something I was actively in a mode of decision to, to make, you know? Yeah. Um, it was something I felt I had no control over. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. Um, do, you th do you think the, uh, the visions of uh, death himself is, is from, that you say, where his, his image inspiration is it a, is it a like a bible based thing i don't really know much about death obviously you see the character i don't know much about him um, you know i don't know where that character comes from i know he's been in several movies and yeah um comic books even and and the 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 featured image of death you know but it obviously came from folklore yeah but but it was as real as you are in front of my face right now sure and it was terrifying. No, oh, imagine uh, it sounded terrifying. And it would happen Monday through Monday. So it, it would happen every day. Wow. But I wouldn't tell anybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I buried it. I kept it to myself. And that's where I want to help your, your, your viewers and your listeners understand is that a pain shared is a pain halved. Yeah. If you tell your story about what you're going through, if you talk about your struggles, you can help stay safe and get, get to a better place. Yeah. Yeah, I think is that does that uh, the inability to talk about it stem from like embarrassment? Do you think embarrassment, shame, uh, yeah. marginalization, discrimination, all those things? Yeah, you know, um, 
people with mental challenges are looked upon as broken and worthless and um, and people who aren't mentally unwell uh, don't comprehend what someone like me is going through. Yeah. They tell us to snap out of it, move on, get over it. What's wrong with you? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Yeah. When in fact, what we really need is unconditional love and guidance to a better place. Yeah. We need hope. Without hope, how can we survive? Yeah. No. So yeah, you say you uh, adopted. You you adopted at quite a young age, was it? Yes, I was taken in. Um, I was taken into foster care at nine months old, um, but I had experienced extreme infant trauma. Yeah. Um, my birth parents were on drugs. They would leave me and my brother unattended to go do score and sell drugs. Um, we would be left with no food. We would be fed what our parents could steal, Kool-Aid, Coca-Cola, and sour milk was our diet. Yeah. You know, um, it was a rough infancy. Uh, Pre-verbal, I was neglected and abandoned. Um, my brother died, the closest person to me. Uh, we both got bronchitis. He passed away, which I always wonder why why he died and I lived, you know? Yeah. And I've always had this void in my stomach from missing him. Um, right in the pit of my stomach, it might be, my, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a void I carry with me until today. Yeah, sure. I have, abandonment, I have abandonment issues that I deal with because of being taken away from my family. Um, mm -hmm. But unlike my poor brother, to be fair, I got very lucky. Yeah. I'm adopted by the Heinz family and made into a Heinz and given a beautiful life. Uh, but two years prior to jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, it all fell apart. I had, a complete yeah. mental, I had a complete mental breakdown after my parents got divorced. Right. Okay. So that's your, your adopted parents got divorced and that. Yeah. I think that sparked up another sort of. Um, uh, separation issue that from your past. Pardon me, my uh, my power is about to go out. Uh, yeah, so do you think that um, there's part part of that abandonment abandonment issue where they separated? Do you think that's like part of that sort of trigger? It definitely was um, uh, traumatic for me. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. Um, I, I didn't know they were having a hard time, and to find out they're getting divorced really threw me for a loop. Yeah, I suppose it's another thing with the the opening up and conversation, isn't it? You know, um, my my parents didn't realize their separation had so much of an effect on us as kids. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we, we were only young when they separated. You know, I was like, three years old or whatever, but we in theory, went through almost it was about eight years worth of custody battles and new relationships and all those kind of things, which obviously had an effect on us as, as kids. Um, you know, there was, I suppose, never those conversations shared, 
you try to keep those things away from the kids. But I suppose it's the same as your own like mental health issues is needs to be spoken about because it does affect everyone around you. You know, yeah. everything that's negative affects everyone around you. Um, yeah. So, and uh, uh, so those two, the prior to them breaking up, you were everything happy home. Everything was moving in the right direction. Uh, doing well at school, at college, wasn't it? Um, uh, and involved it was, in sports. It was still high school. When high I school, to, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You, yeah I just thinking back, yeah, t- two years back from that. Yeah, still high school. You're do, doing well in sports and you, you had a good sort of idea of where your sort of future would head, like career-wise and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a, I was a WCAL wrestling champion at the JV level. Um, I was involved in theater, um, involved in various other extracurricular activities. Um, definitely had a bright future. Yeah. You know, but it all, it all just came crumbling down. My brain broke. Yeah. Uh, I say, I say, I understand that. I don't understand. I've not so had, you know, been through the same thing that you've been through. But, um, so what, what would your, what was your ideal like career path then? You, you know, did you want to get into acting and stuff like that? Or you take the wrestling, say professional level? No, I, 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 uh, I definitely thought about being an actor. Um, yeah. Uh, I was doing high school and college theater. Um, and uh, that was always on the horizon. Um, but uh, I, I wasn't too concretely thinking about what I was going to be doing. Yeah, I think, I think uh, there's very few people, I think, who are really, really dead set on where they want to want to go in the yeah. future um you say the people who've got a good idea and work towards it i think are very sort of fortunate in that aspect they, they know exactly where they want to be they know what to work on and you know they yeah. can spend however many years getting there um okay so let's we jump to jump what a terrible word to use <laughs> move <laughs> to apologize okay. uh, so, it's just a word, my friend. It's just it, a word. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so we moved to the to the day of going going to the bridge. Then, so the 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 minute that you now you've been compelled by, let's say, is death to to launch over the the barrier. Was it a, like a, a physical launch, or was it a step over and jump? Or? I I catapulted myself using my force in my hands on the yeah. rail over the rail. And like we said earlier, it was an instant regret for my actions. Yeah. And I just prayed that I would live. And when I resurfaced, a sea lion circled beneath me and kept me afloat. Yeah. Which was amazing. Um, I thought it was a shark and I was freaking out. <laughs> Turned out it was a sea lion. I've since named him Herbert. Yeah. Um, but he saved my life kept me afloat until the Coast Guard put a ride behind me. And it was um, unbelievable just to, I mean, just the fact that I'm here talking to you, I, I, I really view every day as a gift. Yeah. Every waking moment of every day I'm given past the day I should have died as a gift. I fell 25 stories. That's the yeah. size of a small building. 
a small skyscraper, in fact. Yeah, yeah. You know, I fell 25 stories at closing in on 95 miles per hour, the speed of terminal velocity. I, I, I shattered my T12, L1, and L2 lower vertebrae when I impacted the water. It's like hitting a solid brick wall. Yeah, I bet. Went down 70 feet, opened my eyes, and I was drowning. And somehow I made it 70 feet to the surface in one breath, right? Yeah. Almost drowned, almost passed out, made it to the surface. A sea lion keeps me afloat until the Coast Guard board arrives. Yeah. And you can't make this stuff up. No, you know? <laughs> no. You know, um, it, it, I, I'm so blessed to be alive, yeah. to exist, to, to breathe. I get to be here, you know? And that's why I fight so hard for other people to get to be here too. Yeah. That's why I do podcasts. That's why I write books. That's why I make movies about suicide prevention. Yeah. I want people to change their lives. I want people to augment their realities and recognize that perspective matters. And if you look at yourself as a sufferer, if you say, I suffer from this and I suffer from that, like my, every, every clinician always tells us, we're suffering from bipolar disorder, we're suffering from mental illness, we're suffering from depression, we're suffering from schizophrenia, we're suffering from an eating disorder. If we adopt that narrative, we become the victims of our own story. Yeah. But if we instead say we live with battle, fight and thrive despite of our, our, our struggles, we become the heroes of our own story. I've been in pain since the day I was born in squalor in a crack motel. Yeah. But I've, never, I've never suffered a day in my life. Um, and I used to, I used to have that narrative of a, of a sufferer, but I don't have it anymore. I, yeah. I, I, I relinquished it to the world. I've never suffered a day in my life. It's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of how you look at it. There are people in pain. Yeah. People that have been abused and neglected and left behind but they don't have to suffer. They can choose to thrive despite of it. They can fight it. They can yeah. defeat it. They can, they can not let their pain defeat them. They can let it build them brick by brick from the ground up into a stronger human being. And that's the perspective I take. And um, I'll always look at life that way. You know, yeah. I get to be here and getting to be here is a privilege and a gift no matter the pain you're in. Yeah. And so, and, and say sharing your story, like it, it is, it is like a almost like you say, these stories like this, they can't be made up, they can't be written. It is like almost like a mythical story of, you know, like you say, being able to come back up that far from underneath the water and having be held up by a, a sea lion and it all leading to the, like this moment, you know, um, you know, small, small moments and decisions or, you know, compulsions in your life are led led to a, a, a sort of time beyond your control that changes your complete path, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, and it's it can be such a minute thing, and to think, like you say, you know, that minute decision, decision, compulsion to jump from the bridge could have just been, you know, the end of it there, you know, and yeah. and having to, it, it it gets me like that that. Although the fall would have been really quick, I appreciate that. But the instant regret, the fall, the time to think, the being underwater, the time to think, all this time of regret, and I don't want to be in this position. No. But a millisecond of compulsion led me to 
having to deal with however many seconds or minutes worth of initial pain to resurfacing, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, um, uh, just so you know, I, I, I don't have much time left, but yeah, um, okay. But I want to, I, can, I, can I share with you guys in your audience my resources? Yes. Yeah, of course. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. All right. So I want people to know that, that when they're struggling mentally, there are, there are things they can do to, to augment their destiny. And one of the things that I, I've created is called the Art of Wellness, a 10-step guide to better brain, mind, behavior, mental health, and well-being. It's physical health and everything. And if you go to youtube.com slash Kevin Hines and you type in the Art of Wellness 2.0, you can see a video that includes my 10 steps to the Art of Wellness. Um, if you go to kevinhinesstory.com slash resources, you can see a PowerPoint version of that and download that. Um, you can request and get a download of that. And that that is, you can train with that. It's science-backed, evidence-informed, proven common sense tools for better brain health. And people are saying from all over the world, uh, from as far as Peru, Africa, China, and Japan, all throughout Europe and America, that by following this in six to nine months, they see a dramatic improvement in the mental health. It's free, take yeah. it, it's yours. Um, I just finished my new book, The Third Rail in My Mania I Became. Um, and you can find that at the third, so that's number three rd yeah. railbook.com the third railbook.com um that book is the story it's been an amazing journey writing this new book um it's the story of jesse cohen who was a, a tulane law student in the 1990s in the height of the crime era in in uh in louisiana during the height of the organized crime era basically right and Jesse Cohen, um, in his mania, he trained with a war veteran in Krav Maga. Right, yeah. And he would go out as a vigilante with a police scanner and he would stop crimes as they happened. Wow. He was like, a, he was like, your, he was like your real life Batman. Yeah. Um, and he really, um, he really, uh, he, he got in a lot of trouble for it. He, he lived this wild life. Uh, but the book is, he opens the book up and I wrote this with him and he opens the book up saying, I hope this helps someone who has mania never die by their hands, you know, never yeah. take their lives. I'll be very honest. Tragically, as we were writing the book, Jesse lost his battle to depression. And he took his life. Right. But his legacy is left behind in this book. And it's really a powerful piece of literature. And we've, I finished writing it with his wife. Um, and it's something that, will definitely help people stay here. Um, and it's something that we want to leave as his legacy yeah. to, to change lives. So please have your listeners and viewers check that out. It's, yeah. um, it, it's a book you'll read in like two hours. You'll, you'll, okay. just, you'll just go right through it. It's such a fast paced read. And he wrote as he was writing, he was manic. So it's just this whirlwind of a story, um, but, but really a, a moving piece of literature. Okay. Yeah, I'll make sure I add all, all the links and everything to to that in this description as well. I, I was going to quickly ask, actually, your your movie, um, The Ripple Effect. Do you do you know much about its distribution in the UK? Because it's not currently available via like Amazon or iTunes or anything um, visibly. We we have pulled it off of all distribution. Right. Okay. We are going to be re-releasing it 
uh, I believe in September, Suicide Prevention Month. Right. Okay. Um, in onto Vimeo. Yeah. So it will be able. It will be available for everyone worldwide. Right. Okay. I'll, yeah. Uh, I look look forward to watching it. I was I was trying to hunt it down. I was like, it's not coming up anywhere. <laughs> but um, no, but no, that's that's uh, good. I'll, I'll keep an eye on that. And like I say I, I appreciate you sitting with me. I know you say you've obviously not got a lot of time. Um, but as I said, I mentioned that that image, that moment of regret comes up quite frequently for me. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing I want to, you know, like want to be able to, like you, connect with people to make sure they don't have that millisecond of regret that leads to not being able to have any more. And just so your, your, your viewers and your listeners know, like people all over the world who've survived attempts of all kinds, of all means, yeah. have had instant regret. It's, it's a very common thing. It's almost instinctual. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I imagine it is. Because you recognize that your thoughts don't have to become your actions, right? Yeah. When you think it's too late, you realize your thoughts don't didn't have to lead to this ultimatum. You know, where you have to die. You don't you yeah. don't have to die. You don't have to take your life. You don't have to attempt in the first place. If you can be self-aware in suicidal ideation, you can always survive. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's Let's, let's hope, you know, again, that this this and yourself, your story can reach more and more and more people and we can say keep keep sharing that positive uh, positive spin on it and outlook. Um, but I say uh, I appreciate you sitting with me. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, as says you for the morning. I'm going to go cook my kids some dinner now. <laughs> and, uh, but that's it. I'll, uh, but yeah, it was a pleasure speaking with you, Kevin. And um, thank you for having me, brother. I, I really appreciate it. Thank no you. No problem. I wish you all the best and with all the projects in the future. You too. Take care. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. Woo. There we go. That was uh, Kevin Hines. Um, need to be kind of nervous speaking to people like like that. Um, Trying to make sure you don't, you know, I don't step on any toes and say something inappropriate or, um, you know, difficult. I know, obviously, you know, he's been working for the past 20 years to be in a good place in his mind and he's got his control methods and measures in place to make sure he's, he's good. Um, but, you know, <laughs> like I said, using the word jump when heading to talk to about jumping off a bridge is probably not ideal. Um, but yeah, some, some really good points to take from all of that. As I said, I'll leave all the links to all of his websites, um, his YouTube channel, all the books and things that he's, he's mentioned. Um, and yeah, I hope, you know, some of you who could be struggling right now will go and check out some of that. His, his uh, step program via his website, kevinhindstory.com, um, under resources. Yeah, if you can go find that and, and have a read. If you are struggling, um, you know, please do reach out to the ones that you you love. Uh, and if, like he, like Kevin said, if people turn around and say, you know, snap out of it, pull, pull yourself up, you know, what's wrong with you? Reach out to someone else. Don't stop because the first person isn't showing that compassion, you know, as he says, you are loved, you are cared for, uh, and we want you to to be here. So, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. That that will do then for today's session. Uh, I appreciate every single one of you stopping by and listening. Um, also, if 
any of you have a story that you'd like to talk with me about uh, that we can share with the world in podcast format, please do get in touch with me either via Instagram or uh, via email at fearbranduk at gmail.com. Um, I promise I'll respond to absolutely everyone. Uh, I will listen. And, you know, if I can't help, you know, I'll obviously help point you in the right direction uh, if you need it. But um, as I said, I appreciate everyone. And thank you very much for listening. And I'll speak to you again very soon. Thank you. Adios. P.S. I just noticed for that last few minutes, I wasn't looking at the camera that's also recording my face. <laughs> Never mind. Thank you very much. This is Chris Hales from Theatre Podcast. Signing off. Thank you.